6-7W. Classified top secret subject is... Hey, kids, comics! Comic books. An art form early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude, we can make them better than they were before. Better. Stronger. Welcome back to Hey Kids Comics. It's part two of our three-part look at Marvel Superhero Secret Wars. I'm Andrew Leyland. And I'm Michael Leyland. Who's nearly choking on his Vimto. Nice. Which is always amusing. Um, As the home brand. Yes, uh, it came to my attention whilst proof listening to last week's show. That you were wrong. That I, I was wrong. He's more machine now than man. Sorry, I didn't hear it. Say it again. I was well, I wasn't so much no, wrong. No, 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 no. Just <laughs> as I said, oh well, when they went to the Secret Wars, right? They were only away from Earth for five minutes, right? But actually, <laughs> I've since read a couple of post-Secret Wars issues, X-Men and Hulk and Spider-Man and Fantastic Four, and they were actually away for a week, which it does mention at the back end of this book, which makes it all the <laughs> so more you silly. It, did you? I hadn't read issue 12 when we recorded the last episode. Right. I'd only read the first 11 issues, which is my defence against the dark arts. Um, it so does, here's a new number two, then. Yeah. It do, does make it a bit silly that they're all, I miss my wife! Because they've only been like, they're a week, a, an hour when they're saying that. It's like, I don't go to work, and at 10 o'clock go, ah, I miss Ange. I mean, I do, just in case uh, she's I'll, listening. I'll be like children in a primary school. I want my mommy! So, so I did make a slight, slight, very, very small <laughs> schoolboy error, which, given the amount of research I put into this, it just annoys me. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm never going to be an authority like on anything. You let the podcast down, you let me down, yes. and worst of all, you let, let yourself, yourself down. down. Uh, however, will I get over it? I don't know. You can either uh, buy me a pizza like a man or shake your head in shame. I'm over it. Issue 5 of Secret Wars came out in the US on May the 22nd, 1984. And split over issues 8 and 9 of the UK edition, cover dated the 3rd to the 30th of August, 1985. The US cover, reformatted and repurposed for issue 9 of the UK reprint, is by Bob Layton and Bob Wyasek and shows Team Hero being slaughtered by off-screen bad guys as the X-Men swoop in to save the day. Given the track record so far in this series, having been beaten by both Spider-Man and the Wasp, I wouldn't be relying on their abilities too much if I was the good guys. Mm. Mm. Uh, it's a good cover, it's very dynamic, and not showing the villains is very effective, as we are seeing it from their point of view. The UK edition issue number 8 has a new cover of Galactus, standing on a hill summoning his trailer, whilst the floaty heads of the heroes hang alongside. It's a bit stiff, to be honest. UK issue 9 had a free Enchantress sticker. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh, I was one of them. Yes. Enchantress, I, I, my favourite character. I did wonder why they went for the Enchantress. Yeah. Well, there's any number of... You still want not Spider-Man yet, haven't More A-list bad guys that they could have had. Yeah. But they went for the Enchantress. Well, you know, maybe they had to do a certain amount of men and women. 
every character is someone's favourite. That's a good point. Except for Dazzler. <laughs> well, there is nothing wrong with Dazzler. There's nothing wrong with her, but there's not much right Oh, uh, Anyway, issue... Whatever issue this is, what number is it? Number five. Issue number five was called last time? The Battle of Four Armies, which I think is a Hobbit reference. Is it? I think so. Uh, the issue has no changing credits from last time. Reed should have suspected this. Reed should have known. But Reed hasn't really been on his A game this entire series. Like the credits haven't changed. The, the <laughs> Reed should have suspected that the credits wouldn't change. It's supposed to be intelligent. Cap asks what it all means, which philosophically is a pretty big question, but I'm sure he's referring to the recent arrival of Galactus's house, whilst everyone else marvels at how big it is. No, really, you may think it's a long way to the shops, but that's peanuts compared to Galactus's house. Johnny sexually harasses the healer girl and then does some drugs with her that enables her to understand her language, kind of, and they make out. The villains argue amongst themselves, Enchantress tries to seduce Doom and Magneto tries to stop Galactus from doing whatever the heck it is he's trying to do. This irritates Galactus, so he sends his pet cat after them. As Galactus' idea of a pet cat is a big robot with halitosis that can flatten even the hardiest of hulks, Cat pokes it in the eye with his shield. The thing wrestles with it, and then the human torch burns a hole in its chest. No time to rest on their laurels, or indeed their hardies. Doom has ordered Team Bad Guy to attack the heroes to hopefully distract Galactus so he, Doom, can enter Galactus' ship slash home. The ploy, surprisingly, works, and just as the X-Men show up to help out, Galactus is momentarily distracted and Doom makes his move. Colossus is injured, so the X-Men leave him behind, whilst Team Hero get Team Bad Guy on the run. Reed tells Cap that he suspects Galactus is up to something, check out the big brain on Reed, but Doom feels that the answer is in Galactus' ship, and Doom will find it. Lot of notes on this one. So it, was, it, it was quite a, a good issue. I thought, despite my rather pithy little summary. I'm, I'm judging by your face. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the, the possibility yeah. that you may not agree with me. Yeah. Open to interpretation, I think, is, is your face Okay, at this moment. Go on, do you want to go first, then? Well, yeah, on page 110. Page 110, which is actually the first page of the issue, if you're following this in the single-page editions. Oh, we'll mention again... We are looking at the page numbers in the trade paperback, which is the one with Carlos Pacheco's cover. Marvel's Finest. It has a banner on it. Marvel's we, Finest. We don't have... Dictionary definition issues. of finest. Shush. Well, well, on this page, Yes. look at the size of that thing. It takes up the whole sky. Well, that's funny, because if I look at the next panel, it's rather tiny. They're on about Galactus' home. Oh, I thought you meant little Galactus. No! Galactus is home! Galacta, baby. That's no moon. That's your mama. That's a space station. Um, and also page 11, panel 1. Yes. It's good to know that uh, Iron Man's observational skills are top-notch. <laughs> it's big! <laughs> well, I did mention in my, my synopsis, but everyone basically just stands around for the first two pages, don't they, going, Wow! That's big. And Hulk just stands there going, well, I didn't Gosh, want to say anything, but... That's huge. Uh, page 112, panel 1. Yes. Everyone misses the woman, and Johnny's getting off with an alien he just met and doesn't understand. He's the Captain Kirk of the book, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Um, the next 
on well on one of the other panels. This far into the relationship, and Johnny finally trusts the alien enough to try hallucinogenic drugs for the first time. I also believe that the drug they do try is called previously eugenic. <laughs> recap crack <laughs> because essentially what it does is it spends the next two pages recapping the previous four issues so it's, it's a pretty good drug because most of the other drugs just make you forget everything <laughs> yeah. so I'm quite impressed by that one page 114 panel 6 yes I wonder where she is now what she's doing and then continued after that off panel is what she's wearing <laughs> Kitty Pride was only about 14 when this came out. That's just wrong. Makes it all the more thrilling. No, not, not, not really, no. <laughs> uh, page 115, panel 3. Colossus, put it away. You'll get her on your palms, you know, even when you turn metal. <laughs> Do you think that's what Professor Xavier interrupted him he, from he, doing? He knows what he was doing. He does he? Is that why he interrupted him? Oh, yeah. yeah. To stop him from having fun. Yeah. Mm. You, you can't have fun on this planet. Not when Professor Xavier deletes your browsing history. <laughs> Page 116. Yes. Uh, have you skipped some? No, 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 no. I've just moved down so you can read everything. Oh, you missed. Oh, yes. You've got a lot of notes for page 116. I was just shocked. Yeah, another one of page 116. Captain Rape, you might have done yes, it again here. He does. I have telepathically gleaned this information from Reed Richards' thoughts. Presumably without actually asking Reed first. Yeah. Yes. Excuse me, Reed. I know I'm kind of like brainwashing you to ask you this question, but can I brainwash you? <laughs> well, he's not brainwashing. He's just mentally tapping into his thoughts, which is still an invasion of privacy. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, I want to page 116 on the next panel Magneto <laughs> wants you indeed does look like the, wasp. the I want you poster doesn't it yeah. yeah it's very good I like that panel um, and on the next couple of panels uh, when Magneto says let's get on with it Xavier fine alright then page 117 panel 1 yes wrecking crew slowing <laughs> Showing us the large balls. Yes, but they're not what you think they are. No. Yeah, these are guys that don't miss the woman. They've got all they need here. They, why do they both have wrecking balls? They're the wrecking crew. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of them's got a crowbar, but two of them have wrecking balls. I just wonder... Do, do they both... Do they carry that around with them all the time? A page 117, pal 2, the next panel. Mm. I, I giggled when I found out that Molecule Man is an unreactive molecule. <laughs> You've been doing that in science again. <laughs> I learned quite a bit in science. And then when I read the next few panels, I realised I spoke too soon. Yes, he, he kind of gets his own back here, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, he's been picked on by, is it Pile Driver? <laughs> and they call Volcana, you filthy fat bag. Despite the fact she's not drawn to look particularly fat. No. It has to be said. Uh, and the Molecule Man turns him into an ultra-hard metal-like substance. And then Volcano stands on his face. A metal-like <laughs> substance. Would that be metal by any chance? Possibly. Maybe they weren't allowed to say that. turn you into hard plastic. <laughs> well, hard plastic's still pretty hard. Well, uh, page 121, panel 2 and 3. Doom, please, says Enchantress. I beg thee. Are you finished? Says Doom. Doom has no interest in sheer women and tight revealing costumes. Doom has no room for you, wench. Victor Narcissus Doom only has room for Doom's mirror. Are you saying that Doom's narcissistic? 
Oh, not, not in the slightest. Oh, right, okay, fair enough. Listen, I couldn't make it through this issue without taking it to bits. Why not? And with what's going around currently with Charles and Eric... What's going on with Charles and Eric? Ever since the first class movie, there's been nothing but fanfics. Slash fiction? Slash fiction, yeah. Why? They call them Cherrick. Oh, <laughs> I hate that. I have a friend who, who finds it hilarious because I hate it. I hate the melding of two names together to make one. Uh, page 112, panel 2. His mental defences are strong beyond imagining. Well, so you've gone back ten pages. Have I? Well, we were last on page 122. Is this still page 122? Yes. Okay, page 122, panel 2. His mental defences are strong beyond imagining. All we can do is keep probing more energy, more, and probing other guys will return <laughs> after the break. Well, you're having real trouble taking this seriously. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because it's just so silly. Yeah, oh, dear me. Uh, page 127, panel 3. It's exactly the same as page 126, panel 5. Look at the two images and read out all the text. Doomsmen! They're battered and exhausted. Easy pickings. Yeah, that mountain we dropped on him last time didn't kill him. There's no way they're easy pickings. Ever. This time we'll kill him for sure. Alright. And now, then. That, now read that. And one. now read this one. Cut down that star spangled fool first. With him dead, the rest will be easy pickings. We're in trouble. We're tired. Battered. Fall back. Give ground, but return fire. Keep slugging. Slow them down. Once we bud the initial thrust, on my order, dig in and hold. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't read that line seriously. Uh, yes. Uh, they're both the same. The idea, I, I get what you're saying uh, with that, yes. They're easy pickers, pickings and tired and exhausted. Oh, we're, we're easy pickings and tired and exhausted. Uh, well, um, well, I pretty much said the same thing you did about page 111. Do you think Galactus' house is big? <laughs> Yeah, do you get in that impression? <laughs> yeah. My God, it's big! Said the actress to the bishop. Uh, also on this page, Johnny worries that the alien healing girl, who we're calling Chandra Plot Device, is a bit panicky and needs to calm down. Not having a flaming man drop down right in front of her may make her a bit less panicky. Oh, no. I was thinking. Because he drops right in front of her. It's entirely possible she's never seen a flaming man before. It's possible she's never seen a man before, yeah. given that she's Being an alien. He into her town and say, Oh, you, heal me. Yeah, he's also rapidly approaching sexual harassment here, isn't he? She doesn't seem to be stopping him. She doesn't seem oh, to be stopping Colossus him. Colossus in later issues. I know, and Wolverine says in a later issue he just gets the feeling that's part of her healing process. Mm. Her page 113. According to the caption box, the villains arrived in their own craft. Well, that's vague, yeah. isn't it? Uh, is it possible the writer forgot that the villains just arrived out of nowhere? Because he covers his ass with this again in issue 12, okay. when Claw says that the Beyonder beamed some of them up, and some came of their, excuse me, of their own free will. And all of that. I get the distinct impression Jim Shooter didn't think that through. I get the distinct impression that no one could take this project seriously. Why not? Well, it was for a bunch of toys anyway. So? Toys are cool. Yeah, but it seems like the type of thing that was only released just for the toys. Well, so was Rom. Rom was good. Transformers, as you mentioned last time. G.I. Joe was a toy line. Good comics. Yeah, but they were all wrote as comics. This is... The toy line came first, and he's manufactured a storyline around it, is what you're saying. Yeah. And you're thinking that's made this slightly risible. Yeah. Uh, page 114. You've already mentioned that Johnny goes into his little tent 
with Zaj is actually a name that we'll find out later on. He takes hallucinogenic drugs with a strange girl in a tent in the middle of a field. He's at Glastonbury. Page 115. Charles Xavier is a bastard, isn't he? Colossus, come at once! Like, well, okay, that's all come on. And then Magneto says they have responded well, Charles. You have trained them exceptionally well. Yes, well, my slaves. I mean, X-Men. <laughs> they are slower than I am, content with Magneto. What a slave driver. <laughs> you know, anyone who Much harder. Yeah, it's just it's shocking that. How much of a bastard, though, is Professor Xavier? He monitors Reed's mind without permission. He does that to anyone. He, does, he just, just seems to that. I'm bored today. Let's see what her over the road is thinking. I wonder what those nuclear launch codes are. <laughs> um, page 117, 118. You've already mentioned a lot of this, but I did like that the Molecule Man and Volcano are taking out Pile Driver and his friends just turning the back and go, oh, no, 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 nice day, nice weather. Especially as Volcano isn't drawn as being fat. Mm. I did like a stomp in his face into the dirt. He was a bully and he deserved it. Uh, I thought Enchantress trying to manipulate Doom was actually quite well done. Spooky little scene with Enchantress appealing to Doom's vanity, only to be rejected. See, why would he turn it down that she could fix his face? Why has he never thought of her doing that before? Uh, page 132, in the space of one panel, one single solitary panel, and they've only been here for less than a couple of hours at this point. Yeah. Colossus forgets what Kitty Pride looks like. <laughs> Gee, he's marriage material, isn't he? <laughs> oh, she... Kitty! I'm linking of Kitty! I always think linking. of... Linking. I'm linking with Kitty. And now I'm thinking of Kitty. And now I'm... Ooh, pretty girl. Squirrel. What does Kitty look like? What's my girlfriend's I name again? she had a face and... <laughs> I, I could be wrong. I think, I think she was a she woman. Had two eyes. I Bob Layton picks up the art shows for the second issue running. The art's fine. Um, Layton, as an artist, was always somebody who worked better for me as an inker over a strong penciler like John Byrne or John Romita Jr. Whilst I don't dislike his art, I think I prefer Mike Zex. Uh, his fight scenes are pretty good, though. I quite like the fight scenes in this. Mm -hmm. You didn't enjoy that one at all, did you, issue five? I thought it was just funny and filled with so many <sighs> sexual overtones. I think they were unintentional, either that or you've got a dirty mind. <laughs> Both. Yeah, probably. Issue 6 sees the return of Mike Zek and John Beatty to the interior art, but the cover is still by Bob Layton. It's a lovely flip version of the cover of issue 1, this time with Team Bad Guy running off the cover towards us, the reader, with Doom leading the charge. It came out on June 26th in the US of A, whilst over here in the UK it was split over issues 10 and 11 of the now-weekly Secret Wars book, dated 7th and 14th of September 1985. In the UK, we got a free cardboard Kellogg's jumbo jet thing in issue 10, and in issue 11, a free Spider-Man sticker. So we finally got Spider-Man. Finally got a Spider-Man sticker. We also got a new cover for issue 11 of the lizard menacing an unconscious wasp in a swamp, which was actually quite good. Menacing. Well, he kind of lurching <laughs> over like, grrr, arg, woman. Yeah. Black lagoon. Yeah, it was, it was an adequate cover. Uh, a Little Death has no other differences in the credits. But at least Elettra gets credited this time. The Wasp drives her stolen land skimmer across the Beyonders patchwork planet, 
badly, it has to be said, before crashing it into a mountain. Fortunately, she finds a convenient holographic map that shows her where she is, and completely forgetting that as a woman she shouldn't be able to read maps. How did she forget that one, since he's touched on every female cliche known to man? She can't drive. She's bothered about her. Ooh, I broke a nail. Oh, how am I ever going to get a cucumber sandwich from in this patchwork planet? God, Jim, concentrate. Uh, she makes her way towards a swamp and is promptly attacked by the lizard. In Galacticus... That's the direction. Oh! In Galacticus... Galactica? In the Battlestar Galactica? Galactus. In Galactus's home ship slash camper van, Doom fiddles with some buttons and reconstitutes Claw, the murderous master of sound, as a raving lunatic. He was trapped in Galactica's ship... Galactica again? He was trapped in Galactus's ship by Dazzler in a storyline too convoluted to go into here and now feels it is his mission in life to annoy Doom and generally to be the Chris Tucker of the Secret Wars. Doom decides he needs to distract Galactus from devouring the planet, which Galactus is preparing to do by setting up a table and neatly laying out his knives and forks. Doom sends Claw to his minions in Team Bad Guy with a plan. As Galactus continues to set his table, the Wasp befriends the Lizard whilst Magneto and the X-Men bicker amongst themselves. Xavier, fed up with all the arguing, takes off to relax by probing other people's private thoughts with no concern whatsoever for privacy and learns of Doom's plan to attack a volcanic plane on the other side of the island. He sends the X-Men to stop them. Cap, meanwhile, lays out his battle plan to attack Galactus should he start to devour the planet, whilst Colossus is jealous of Johnny Storm and Captain Marvel blows away Iron Man's cheesy chat-up lines. Team Bad Guy have arrived at the volcanic plane and start doing something when the three X-Men show up and try to stop them. Because the X-Men are 17 different flavours of lame in this story, they get pounded upon, but not before Wolverine strikes out at the Molecule Man, seriously wounding him. Team Bad Guy runs, but Cyclops decides that Doom wanted to set off the volcano to distract Galactus and fulfil Doom's plan for him. The volcano erupts, but, oblivious, the Wasp continues to reach out to the Lizard before she's shot through the heart by the Wrecker, driving another part of the toy line. The Lizard is vexed by this, but the Wrecker soon scoops them both up and heads back to Doom Base, whilst over at Hero HQ, a shadowy figure, trademark, watches them. Uh, reading this issue, I came to the conclusion that Jim Shooter can't write women at all. It only took you this issue. Well, not only is the Wasp a bad driver, cliche number one, she's concerned that she broke a nail, cliche number two, and she's concerned about getting a bit dirty, cliche number three. It's it's just it's just dreadful. Oh, hello, Mr. Isn't it? Lizard. It's I was trying to get to this place. Can you tell me which direction it's in? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, um, on page one hundred and thirty-six, panel three, he writes a typical woman, oh. a woman who blames men for something that she did. Well, why didn't they come after me? How could they let me escape? It's all Magneto's fault and the X-Men. Yeah, she. I was just going to defend her, but yeah, she kind of does that, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. Alright, I'll, I'll let that, that slide, to be honest with you. The Wasp conveniently does find that the GPS still works on the Beyonders planet. They don't have any toilets, no. but GPS There's works. There's a GPS for a planet that was only just created. Yeah, excellent. Uh, Titani's a very aggressive woman, isn't she? Well... Going through this entire... She, she basically walks up to the absorbing man and says, You! Me! Now! And, well, he's, and he's like, well, maybe later. <laughs> I'm a bit tired at the minute. Playing hard to get, isn't he? Uh, Which I, I quite liked. I wonder if she's northern. Okay. She, hey, up you. <laughs> she's a northern lass. I'll bang you, like. <laughs> you start with me. Oh, dear me. Well, on page 140. Yes, let me just turn the, the page. The, uh, 
Claw's backstory. Yes. The Dazzler killed Claw. Dazzler, yeah? The Dazzler. The, Dazzler. the same Dazzler. Why are you having a problem with the Dazzler? The hero of the disco. <laughs> the disco diva. I quite like the Dazzler, to be honest with you. Uh, page 142, panel 6. Yeah. Apparently one of the wasps' other superpowers is patronising. <laughs> patronising the lizard. Yeah. Come here, I won't hurt you. I won't. Yeah, you're just a poor little lizard, aren't you? All alone in his room. Oh, dear me. 146, which is just straight after this one. You know, 146, normally following 145. Uh, Xavier is bang out of order here. He says basically that if Storm doesn't obey him without hesitation, he'll mind wipe her <laughs> if she doesn't comply. This is crossing the line from being an unsympathetic hero to being an outright bad guy. Yeah. Um, he's not like this in the X-Men books at the time that Chris Claremont's writing. Okay. He's unsure of himself now that he's got his legs back and can walk again and he's unsure about his place in should I be leading the team properly. But he's not, you know, like this. I don't, I don't know what book Shooter was reading before he prepared to do this, but he wasn't reading the same ones I was. Um, page 147, panel 3. Mm. I just realised that, um, what to, the healer woman... Uh, so, Ch- Chandra plot device. Yeah, one of her powers also makes people fall for her. It happened to Johnny and Alcalosa. She's the bad guy behind this. Well, she is, she's the very She's going to make Johnny and Colossus fight it out. What, with that Starship music in the background? Yes. That would be quite cool, but unfortunately that doesn't happen. No. Colossus spends all 12 issues mooning over her. <laughs> and it's just, she is the very definition of plot device. He, he moons over her. That, that no, not like that. It's just normal, Doctor. She basically exists for the exact same reason Chandra Kinsolving does in okay. Night's Quest. To kill the story flat on its face. Well, that as well. But also that he wants... The writer wants the heroes to get hurt to kind of show there's some jeopardy going on. Oh, right. But he doesn't want them to get hurt too badly because they're all franchise characters. Right. And we're not going to kill a franchise character off in a, a limited series that's nothing to do with the main books. Are we, Marvel? <laughs> uh, page 153. It was really nice to see Wolverine laying some smack down. For all my slagging off of the little runt... He has been getting his tail handed to him. Yeah. And he is the one that in a fight like this, he would just kill them all. He wouldn't be bothered. He, would, <laughs> oh, yeah. he wouldn't just be he wouldn't be bothered about playing fur. And he shows this here, he goes after the molecule man and just guts him. <laughs> He's the only member of Team Hero who will kill with no hesitation. And taking down the molecule man as arguably the most powerful person there is a sound strategic task tactic. Yeah. That no one else would have done because they won't kill. Well, Captain well, America's killed people before. Captain America's killed people in the war, and arguably this is a war. Mm. So do you think Cap would kill in this? Yeah. Do you? Uh, I thought the Wasp's death was quite well done, in that it's very quick and very unexpected, but you know it's going to be reversed. Yeah. Why do you know it's going to be reversed? Because they've introduced Chandra Plot Device, who can heal people. Yeah. Hmm, I wonder how that's going to play out. So then. do we actually know... Oh, right, yeah, I just read, you killed woman. You killed the woman. I do get the feeling of spinning its heels at this point, a little bit. Yeah. In terms of the story. But it's the middle section, so I suppose that's to be expected. And he's killed somebody off only to resurrect them a couple... I don't think we're spoiling it to say that the wasp isn't permanently dead. Are we? No. Really most sincerely dead. Some guys sat home going, God damn it! Damn you! Never listen to this podcast again. You've ruined the secret wars for me. Oh, I was so looking forward to this great piece of text. (laughs) 
this pinnacle of comic book achievement. <laughs> this vanguard for comics, not just for kids. Uh, Actually, I think this is a very good comic for 12-year-old boys. Uh, I think it's fun. Why, why is there a woman with no eyebrows in the Louvre and this isn't? <laughs> the Louvre. Louvre. Oh, dear me. A quick break while we plug somebody else's show. And we'll be right back. I couldn't believe he was really dead. I didn't know what I could say to you. Yes, child, we know, we know. I was there. I watched him fight that thing. I watched him die. I didn't do anything but watch him die. Lois, Lois, now listen. It's not your fault. You did all you could. Everyone did everything they could. Now you've got to get on with your life. We all have. The battle is over. A hero has fallen. Miss Lane, I monitored Superman when I arrived. I cannot pick up any brain activity at all. As the city mourns, a family comes to grips with the loss of their son. <sighs> I keep coming back here to the North Pasture, to where he first came into our lives, to say goodbye. His fellow heroes feel regret. Oh, if only I could have helped him, Lex. While his enemies see opportunity. Well, now I'm back on top. And you can't do one blessed thing about it. You're dead. You're nothing. Metropolis is mine again. And you are an empty lifeless, withering husk. Worst of all, his true love has to learn to live without him. Goodbye, Kal-El. This January, from Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast presented by supermanhomepage.com and supermanpodcastnetwork.com begin their coverage of the second part of the Death and Return of Superman trilogy. Every Thursday, you are invited to join hosts Michael Bailey and Jeffrey Taylor as they explore how his friends, loved ones, bitter enemies, and fellow heroes deal with the loss of the Man of Steel. A city in mourning. A world without Superman. A funeral for a friend. Number seven. Oh, I didn't say and we're back. And we're back. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty easy. Uh, issue number seven has a cover by Bob Layton of Captain America taking centre stage while a montage of fights take place around him. Even Rocky had a montage. Indeed, he did. Spider Woman hovers, though, kind of uselessly, while Titania clobbers She Hulk and Cyclops. Rogue and Wolverine take on Dr. Octopus, Volcano, and the Absorbing Man, which is a fun cover, let down by being coloured pink. And yellow. There's not a lot of yellow. All the characters are yellow. Well, all the characters are yellow. Spider Woman's green. They were all yellow. Look, I'm green. There's an awful lot of pink. Got a pink ink in, you think? <laughs> I like to think. That rhymes. <laughs> uh, I just surprised myself. Uh, it came out in the US on July 24th, 1984. Due to going weekly, 
Secret Wars issue 7 was split over three issues for the Marvel UK reprints. Issues 12, 13 and 14 were dated the 21st, 28th September and the 14th of October 1985 and had a reformatted version of the US cover for issue 12 and two newly commissioned covers for issues 13 and 14 of the X-Men being beaten quite badly. Kel surprise. And the She-Hulk's look taking a turn for the worse. No free gifts this time. Shocker. Yeah, the free gifts kind of dried up at this point. Uh, Stop putting Tom Baker in your glass. <laughs> little Tom Baker. What heresy is this? Why am I in a glass? Yes. Uh, entitled Berserker, James Shooter wrote it, Mike Zack and John Beatty did the pencils and inks, whilst Joe Rosen lettered, Christy Shield coloured and Tom DeFalco edited. Spider-Woman shows up before she was the... Yeah. The, the, the shadowy figure. Yeah, in case the cover didn't give in it away. In case the cover didn't give it away. Plus Spider-Woman. Plus Spider-Woman. Uh, wearing a natty black and white costume. And says an entire suburb of Denver was scooped up when the Beyonder made his patchwork planet. So the Earth didn't lose anything important then. Oh! She offers to <laughs> help. Or is that New Jersey? <laughs> I've no idea. Is New Jersey looked down upon? Yeah, it's a bit. Is it? Oh, I'm sure it's lovely. <laughs> Bruce, Springsteen comes from Bruce Springsteen comes from New Jersey. The Gaslight Anthem. Kevin Smith. Bruce Springsteen and the Gaslight Anthem. <laughs> no, I have no problem with Kevin Smith. I'm sure he's a lovely, lovely man. Um, she offers to help as the wrecking crew show up and ditch the wasp's body. Team Hero wants blood, but Mr. Cap, he said no. She disappears on her own. The X-Men try to intercept the carrier with Doc Ock, absorbing Man Titania and Molecule Man on it to finish the job started last issue. Volcana is also aboard, having made a deal with the Enchantress to bean... To be... Enchantress to bean her... Under the sea in an octopus garden. Ah, right, yes, that, that does make sense, but not the way I've written it. The X-Men try to intercept the carrier with Doc Ock, absorbing Man Titania and Molecule Man on it to finish the job started last issue. Volcana is also aboard, having made a deal with the Enchantress to beam her there to help her, to help her with the wounded Molecule Man. Part of the course in this series, the X-Men lose, although Xavier tries to put a decent spin on it, anyone think he was a politician, and bicker amongst themselves. Up on Galactus's mobile McDonald's, he senses Doom prying, or hears Doom incessantly talking to himself, and expels his metal ass from the ship. What is that annoying noise? <laughs> Galactus. At Doom base, She-Hulk attacks, but is outnumbered as Doom arrives back, looking bedraggled, declaring that nothing matters anymore. Drama queen. No, I'm going to my teenage phase. <laughs> Team, I'm going to go and listen to the Smiths now. Yeah, leave me whilst I write poetry that doesn't rhyme. <laughs> like pretty awful poetry. Uh, Team Hero realise She-Hulk is missing and after a telepathic communication with Xavier saying the X-Men will watch what Galactus is up to, Cap orders an attack on Doom Base. Uh, page 161 of our lovely graphic novel collection, which is actually page 2. Of the of issue seven, if you're looking at it in single issues, uh, I'm confused. All right, was confused why I was reading this. Not because of the uh, labyrinth. Speaking in a yeah, generally, not because of the labyrinthine complexities of the plot. Okay. No, 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 no. Not because of the Byzantine nature of the story writing. You have to read it twice. Yes, and then backwards. Yeah, and then just rip the pages out and throw them down at random. Have to read every other. You see it. Thing in every other. Full new light. Yes. I'm confused because. The Beyonder created Beyonder World, or Patchwork Planet, or whatever the hell you want to call it. Beyond the Stars World. Yes, out of pieces of other planets. Yes. Okay? And Spider-Woman appears, as if by magic, saying a whole suburb of Denver was plucked away. So, 
Does that mean Logically, there's a hole leading from the core of the Earth? Well, does that mean there's a big chunk of Denver missing on Earth? Presumably it does, if we're going to yeah. follow this to its logical conclusion. The reading is logically. I don't remember this being mentioned in any post-Secret Wars issues of the various titles I read. And you'd think this would be something that the news media would have noticed. Well, There's a big chunk of the planet missing. There'll be a report going in, Guys, guys, a whole suburb of Denver was just scooped up and disappeared out of nowhere. Well, uh, Bob, you see, it's only Denver, and I mean... There's a guy down the road who recently put custard in his pants. I think that's more important. Bob. <laughs> uh, asking for her credentials on the same page, Spider-Woman says she's strong as a way to get into the fight with Team Hero. Hmm, that you are. But, says Cap, what, this isn't a good enough qualification now. Because as far as I can see, the human torch doesn't really bring much to the table other than ability to lech over women. Yeah. The thing is a bit useless at the minute, given that he keeps changing back and forth between the thing and Ben Grimm. And the Hulk is going through an existential crisis. Well, it's secretly because Captain America doesn't want any women around him. Exactly. better than him. Also, in strength on strength... The team bad guy have more heavy hitters, albeit dumb ones, than Team Hero. So I would have thought someone who was strong would be a bit of a bonus at the moment, Cap. Yeah. I wouldn't have sat there stroking my chin going, hmm, well, yes, you are strong, but... It's because hmm, she's a woman. I'm more interested in looking at your bottom in that skin-tight <laughs> outfit. Yes, you can go in front of me, <laughs> Spider-Woman. Lead the way. Gosh. Um, the wasp was shot through the chest in the last issue and is thrown on page 162 from the top of a tank. If that shot didn't kill her, the fall did. Yeah, that looks at least five stories high. She's very definitely dead Jim. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but no, she's not, is she? Because we've got Chandra Plot Device walking through the pages of this comic. Speaking of Chandra Plot Device, the bottom of page 163, final panel. Chandra Plot Device, who we have learned is called Zaji, or Zaj or Zsaji, or however the hell you want to pronounce that, given that it's spelled Z-S-A-J-I. Oh, it's a Z. Yes. I thought it was a funny squiggly word. It could be a funny squiggly word. It, it, she's very John Romita Jr., though. Yeah. Senior, though. She looks so much like Gwen Stacy. Doesn't she? So, of course, she's destined to die. Well, Because true. anyone who looks like... Do you think she's going anywhere after this series? Chandra Plot Device. Not after the series, no, but I don't want her to die. What, well, what do you think was going to happen to her? Her and the Colossus can't take her home with him. Beyonder would put her and the rest of her people back there and Denver would be left on Beyonder World. No, no, I, I don't think that uh, the Beyonder really cares. So does he not fix them back up, then? No. So Denver's left floating in space? No, well, you'll see what happens with Denver later. But we only care about what happens to the Earth bits. Oh, not bother okay. about The thing stays here Doctor at the end of this. and Green Lantern only save Earth. Yeah, we're not interested got in all the rest of the space out there, but there's yeah. Earth. Screw that. Speaking of which... It's not good Cap... enough to go outside of Cardiff. No, Cap is very Earth-centric in his bias in this issue. He doesn't seem to care much that innocents from other worlds were here, invading the village and using Zaj, Zahaje, Zaje, whatever, Chandra plot device, to cure his people despite not knowing what it does to them or her. Yet as soon as he learns there are civilians from Earth, he's very concerned about their safety. I mean, it is characteristic of Cap to be concerned for civilians, but it's not really something Jim Shooter's bothered with until now. You yeah. could argue that up until this point, maybe they didn't know other people were here. Yeah. But they go into this town 
they make no effort whatsoever to get to know the people, but they say, oh, you, you with the funny healing abilities that come in extremely useful and is very convenient. Fix all my people. I don't understand your language, so I'll take your guns, your technology, and your pets. <laughs> well, you, is Captain America not a bit like Superman? I'll fight for truth, justice, in the American way, when it's convenient for me. <laughs> uh, page 166, which is just a little bit after this. Dr. Octopus is driving, whilst the Absorbing Man and Titania tend to molecule man's injury. Absorbing Man and Titania are dumber than a bag full of mud, and Dr. Octopus is, well, a doctor. Shouldn't he be attending to Molecule Man's injuries. He's a doctor in physics. I know he's not an MD. He's got a PhD in octopus. But he's got to be brighter than the idiot twins. Well. Surely. It is possibly he doesn't want to incur Doom's wrath should Molecule Man die. But this is so out of character for Dr. Octopus, who, let's be honest, has been incredibly out of character throughout the entire series so far. Has anyone Ox. been in character? Well, there are bits, there are flashes here and there. Dr. Octopus wouldn't be afraid of Dr. Doom. In fact, he would constantly be jockeying for power. He certainly wouldn't be a lackey. Mm. And it, it gets worse for Dr. Octopus as this series goes on. He's just kind of there. He doesn't do anything. He's not treated with any kind of respect. He's not written in character. It's shockingly bad. Shocking, 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 shocking. Page 167, Volcana is still being called fat, even though the art doesn't substantiate this. Also, we get a line of dialogue that states that she and Titania are from Colorado. Denver is Colorado's capital, so presumably that's where Doctor Doom found them. And if so, that's a bit bigger than a small suburb of Denver. Well. Which is what Spider-Woman says. Page 169, Rogue's crap in this series as well. She keeps getting beaten up. I thought Rogue was strong. I'm an X-Man. It's good. Ow, I lost. I did like, also on page 169, the last panel. The absorbing man has made himself into rock. And yeah. Wolverine just cuts his arm off. <laughs> Which I thought was hysterical. I really did. I also liked um, Doctor Do Doctor Doom, sorry. I also like Galactus casually swatting Doom away. Yeah. Doom's a pompous ass. And it's always nice to see Doom him will swatted. break on Dental. <laughs> Doom will steal technology. Yeah, but you won't. Doom will do what Galactus Doom pleases. Yeah. <laughs> Doom will get his ass kicked. Doom is hurting. Yeah. I did like... What did you think of page 175, the top three panels? Yeah, where the absorbing man's bricking it after losing his arm. And I thought it was a really effective scene. He holds the broken arm to himself as he changes back to a human form and it reconnects but hurts like the dickens and nearly makes him chuck up it wouldn't work as though for some reason I really liked it the guy can turn into a rock why would that well, not work well because it's not rubber or anything I no, mean it's, it, rock. it's rock so even when he turns back to normal there'll be two pieces of well it'll be him and an arm well, see, I quite like, it wouldn't reconnect I quite liked that I thought that was quite good. I like the idea that it hurts like hell. Well, but I can buy that, that well, that's okay. Well, if he has it slightly off, these bones would be off and the nerves would be off. And Yes. Well, let's just assume that he didn't. What happens if he does put it properly? Would If it's, like, off a bit, would... would yeah, <laughs> like a rich Would it turn into a stump, or would you still be able to get under the skin? I have no idea. I'm not saying that scientifically <laughs> it's plausible... I'm just saying that I quite liked it. Okay. All things considered. 
Did you have anything to say about this one, or had you lost the will to live uh-huh. at this point? <laughs> Uh, page 162, panel 2. What's that? Oh, the bad guys did another surprise attack. Oh, they're doing this so many times, I think they also might have been paralyzed. Oh! Aha! Surprise attack! Bet you didn't see that coming. If Captain America... We had no heads to name surprise. If Captain America's such a great tactician, why has he not got lookouts posted? Given oh. that he's got how many people on this team that can fly... Why doesn't he just have them hovering? Have four of them. Have Iron Man, Captain Marvel, four. Who else can fly? The Human Torch. Yeah. Four of them positioned at four strategic points around the village and just hovering there and, and have, watching the landscape. And have Ben, since he's just the Ben now, just have like a vest and a headband cigar and a <laughs> sniper and sit in a well, watchtower. He, he does no Nick Fury. Yeah, he yeah. could be a sniper. I don't mind that. But he's, he's master tactician, tactician doesn't have people on watch, does he not? Oh, no, no, no. Page 163. Yes. Well, uh, when it, it, they did confirm the wasp death, it was the quickest and least affected death in comics ever. What? Did you for a second believe that she was dead? No, but... Did you believe that she was dead because you know that she's still alive? Yeah. Although, hasn't she been killed off again? Has she? In the Avengers or in the Ultimates or something? I don't know. I don't. I don't keep up. Yeah. Um, see, all told, this was an okay issue that again revolves around a few fight scenes and pushes the story forward ever so slightly. She-Hulk taking the law into her own hands was fun, and I would have liked to see her come out on top, because it's hard to imagine the Hulk going down as easily as the She-Hulk does. But once again, we get lots of bickering and no real forward momentum. She-Hulk does get a head handed to her, though, doesn't she? Yeah. The wrecking crew really pile into her. The madder She-Hulk gets, the more pain the She-Hulk gets. Apparently. Issue 8... Is worried all changes for Spider-Man. In the US, this came out on August 28th, 1984, and has a by now iconic cover by Mike Zeck and John Beatty of Spider-Man in his new duds, all black with a white spider's body large on the torso and the legs wrapping themselves around his rib cage. In the background, the heroes and villains fighting McFightenstein. To be honest, it's the full figure of Spider-Man wearing a new suit that dominates the cover, and the reason that this issue is still highly sought after to this day and still quite expensive to buy on the back issue market. In the UK, Secret Wars Weekly, this was again split over three consecutive issues, 15, 16 and 17, cover dated the 12th, 19th and 26th of October 1985. Issue 15 had a simple but highly effective cover of the thing changing back into Ben Grimm at the most inconvenient of time, i.e. just as the absorbing man is about to put his wrecking ball through his head. No artist is listed on the cover, but it looks like it could be a bloke called Mick Austin who did an awful lot of painted covers for Marvel UK. Issue 16 has a John Ridgway cover of Ultron grabbing hold of the Human Torch by the ankle and about to smash him into a wall as Captain America races to help. Finally, issue 17 has the US cover reformatted slightly to allow for the UK logo and price and recoloured slightly so it's a bit brighter and Spider-Man is more visible against the background. The title is Invasion, which I always think that guy in the Phantom Menace trailer is prelude to Invasion or something like that. What does he say? Something like that. Invasion of the... Clones. Beyonders. Yes. Invasion of the Beyonders. Invasion of the Planet Snatchers. The title is Invasion and was written by Jim Shooter with pencils by Mike Zeck. Suggesting deadline issues, there are multiple Incas credited. John Beatty, Jack Abel and Mike Esposito, while Joe Rosen lettered, Christy Shield colored and Tom DeFalco edited. 
Team Hero head off to attack Doom Base, where the Enchantress is getting ratted and Claw has freed the Lizard. The Wrecking Crew finish off the She-Hulk, leaving her for dead, and head off in the direction of the Noise, which is, of course, Team Hero breaking in through to the other side. Iron Man repulses the Wrecker, Spider-Man drops Bulldozer, and Spider-Woman takes out the Absorbing Man with his own weapon. The Thing changes at random into Ben Grimm, taking him out of the fight. Hawkeye shoots Piledriver with an arrow, and he turns into a right wimp at the side of his own blood, whilst the Enchantress drops the hull with her bewitching powers. However, when she tries the same on Captain America, he smashes her in the face with his shield. Elsewhere, Spider-Man gets into it with Titania, and a depowered Ben Grimm and an hourless Hawkeye find themselves surrounded by the Lizard and Claw. Spider-Woman, Mr. Fantastic, Thor and Iron Man locate Molecule Man and Volcano and almost get fried for their troubles while Volcano attacks from behind Molecule Man's force screen. Captain Marvel penetrates the screen, however, and blindly attacks, ripping open the wounds Molecule Man sustained from Wolverine's claws. Rather than hurt him further, Volcano surrenders. Spider-Man trashes Titania, who turns into a whining wreck, moaning about it not being fur when he hurls her out of the building. Cap and the Torch tackle Ultron, and the Torch is forced to use his Nova Flame to stop him. Cap then finds Doom and is preparing for a fight, but realises that Doom is a man barely alive and just walks away. Reed finds Ben and Hawkeye playing pat-a-cake with Claw and the Lizard. Yeah, that's what really happens. And Captain Marvel finds She-Hulk's body and takes it to Med Lab, where Reed fixes her up. With Team Bad Guys secure, Team Hero take Doombase as their own and arrange for the Wasp's funeral. They go to pick up her body, but to their surprise, she's still alive. To their surprise, but nobody else's. Wandering around Doombase, Spider-Man's costume is in tatters, but no matter, there's a convenient costume-making machine that makes him a natty new black-and-white costume, along with giving Thor a new hat and cape. He has no time to enjoy it, however, before Professor X butts in with a mind blast saying that Galactus is devouring the planet. Alright, well, do you want to do your notes first on this one? Because I've got loads about Spider-Man. Okay. Alright. Page 189, panel 5. The Wrecker. Hits Iron Man with the crowbar. Yeah. Yeah. A crowbar, Iron Man's <laughs> true weakness. <laughs> well, maybe you just caught him by surprise. Can you imagine if you were in a bucket on your head and somebody hit you over the head with a crowbar? You'd probably think, ow! That probably would hurt, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, page 190. Yes. If Johnny gets extinguished by water, does he sweat? And if he does, why does it not set out his pits? That's a good point. It's salty water. Salty goodness. Salty water still puts fire out. It does, that's true. I don't have an answer for that one. Mm-hmm. Maybe his sweat's not enough to counteract and his flame. Do you think his toes each individually set on fire? I don't, because the way they draw him, it just looks like his boots. So you never actually see that, but I well, don't know. In that case, Do you think uh, he ever gets cold feet? Uh, <laughs> but if, if the drawer is just his boots, what sets on fire him or his clothes? Well, his, his clothes are unstable molecules, so they will burst into flames with him. But uh, it's the power is within him, not the okay. suit. Not like those people that think that Superman and Batman can both fly because <laughs> they both wear capes. Did you think when he goes to the toilet, he'd never forget it. Yes. Uh, page 192, power 1. Mm. Well, the absorbing man just lost his head. If, if you look at it, he gets the wrecking ball straight through he does. his face. Yeah. He just lost his head, and he, there's no way you can really attack that. At that point, he wasn't metal or anything, was he? No, he was. He was normal when Spider Woman punches him in the face with his own wrecking ball. Mm. So, arguably, she's just broke his head. Possibly killed him. Possibly killed him, yes. 
Give him brain damage at least. Well, no damage at all, really. <laughs> Uh, page 193, panel 5. Yeah. Uh, if you see Enchantress, well, dancing around Hulk. Yes. And then the next thing he's curling over. Ow! You aroused the Hulk. Have you seen the size of me? I'll be lucky if I don't pass out due to the blood rush. There is a rather unsubtle sexual t- subtext to that scene, isn't there? Mm. That, uh, yeah. Especially given his face. Yeah. Where he's like, I, 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 I. Lucky there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Hulk. I'm green. Mm. You're green. What say we both get together and be green? Like Kermit. Yeah. Uh, page 205. Previously, a gem <laughs> had a side effect of making everyone look stupid for thinking that an alien who doesn't speak English said the wasp was dead. Why? Why do you think that? Because. The the previous legion says that, well, what's her face said that she wasn't dead. Yes, yeah, Zaj realizes the truth. Yeah. In when so Colossus is doing drugs with Zaj, Zaj, Chandra plot device, and he has flashback vision as well, as you've pointed oh, out. Only in this case, it's not a flashback vision; it's a flashback truth vision. Yeah, where it's explained, oh no, the wasp isn't really dead. Despite the fact we saw her get shot through the chest. There was a hole in that woman, big enough to stick a fist through. And then she got thrown off something that was clearly five stories high. But oh no, she's not dead. No, No, she's fine. As far as I know, the wasp has no superhuman healing factor. Yeah. She was dead. But, once again, Marvel aren't going to kill off a major character in a, a maxi-series that spins out of other series that in and of itself is pretty <laughs> inconsequential in the grand scheme of, scheme of things. Are they Marvel? You're never going to let that go, No, I'm you? never going to let that go. No. Well, she was deader than David Hasselhoff's career. She was. Uh, page 207, panel 5. Yes. Wrong! That... It, it, that's wrong. Why is it wrong? Reed has wrong. pulled off Iron Man's arm. Not his literal arm. No, no, his armour. And he's, he's playing with it. Because Iron Man's armour, this Iron Man armour at yes. this point yes. is just his chest piece, his short shorts, his boots, gloves and, well, his helmet. The yellow bits are a liquid metal that come out of the red bits of the armour when he puts them on him. And the solidify enough so that they're solid but you can still move in them if you repeat if you removed a piece of the armor the corresponding yellow piece would disappear back into the red yeah absolutely positive that that was the case in 1984 it's the same armor as the one back in 19 whenever they introduced this one this armor which armor is this this is his Second or third armour, depending on how I want to go about this it. This is post-Demon in a Bottle. Yeah, I know, but his first arm was the grey one. Yes. Second arm was the grey one painted gold. <laughs> okay. And then he, cho- he went to this one, and that was how this one works. Okay. He made it out of a special substance so that the melter, who melted his gold costume, yes. couldn't melt this one. Right. And that's how it works. It's entirely possible that Rhodey has different armour. But it's the same. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just, I'm just merely pointing out that it is possible that Rhodey has different armour. Can I get nothing but emails off people now saying, ha-ha, Michael was wrong. Well, that's right. That's the right. Flash is good. 
You're not going to like that lie. That, that's why I was saying, are you absolutely positive of that? Because you're quite vehement about that. 90%. Alright, okay. I'm sure somebody will let us know if you're wrong. Because oh, I, I know. Sure plenty of people will let us know if I'm wrong. Because I, I, I take great delight in you've been proven wrong. It always amuses me no end. Uh, interestingly, on this issue, there was no splash page. Okay. It, the story just starts and carries on. Yeah. So there's no splash page to tell. I do like that the Enchantress, who really isn't cut out for this kind of thing, let's be honest, preferring to strike surreptitiously rather than fight, decides to solve all her problems by getting rat-faced. Oh, yeah. The, the Beyond the Planet has no toilets... But it does have alcohol. There was a character in um, Doom Patrol who was drunk all the time and works better when he was drunk. <laughs> well, the world's going to end, so uh, might as well get us faced. <laughs> well, that's what she does. I mean, doesn't it follow, though, that after you've had a few beers, you need to have a pee? <laughs> well, so one would think... Or toast. Yeah. Well, both, preferably. <laughs> so one would think that he would have created toilets. Maybe she just goes out the window. Oh, no! She doesn't seem like a woman of too much class. <laughs> Doom, check. Hulk, check. Oh, Alcohol, check. Um, the art isn't terribly clear on page 189. Um, is Doom on fire when he sits um, down on his bed? Or is he just smouldering? Because if he's on fire, I wouldn't be sitting on yeah. bed sheets. It, it's his um, ego aura fading away. Oh, right. No, that never goes away. Do, do, do. I am hurt. Doom's <laughs> ego aura never leaves him. Page 192 is really quite funny. Piledriver makes a pretty good mash-related pun. And the Thor ties up Dr. Octopus in his own arms. <laughs> I love that panel. Yeah. With Thor's wrapping Ock up in his own arms. It's very good. I do like that. Page 99, page 99, page 199 is awesome. Titania gets her loudmouthed head handed to her by Spider-Man. And you know what? I really have no sympathy for it because she's a bully. So, I mean, there's a part of it that's like Spider-Man shouldn't really hit a woman. But well, she would did it stop him in the clone saga? That's true. That's very true. Yeah. We're never going to forget that, are we? No. Page 202. Cap Shield protects him from the torch's Nova Flame. Everything else is burned to a crisp. Even but the Cap survives because he was hiding behind his shield. Yeah, there is nothing left <laughs> of that room, is there? The top panel on page 202 of our tread paperback, there is nothing left. It's all molten slag. But because well, he was hiding behind his shield... He's fine. Did you not know that in a nuclear apocalypse, it, when all the bombs were dropped, if you hid under your table, you survive. <laughs> it works like Captain America's shield. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, I can buy that. He then leaves Doom alone, not even trying to take him as a prisoner of war. Yeah. I'd be questioning Cap's leadership skills at this point. He does get Thor to put him in a cell later, but parading him, beaten in front of his allies, would have worked wonders for morale. Especially seeing as at this point they think that She-Hulk and the Wasp are dead. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not entirely sure about that. I did like the scene where Thor tells Hulk not to be concerned that the Enchantress got the better of him, saying that she's beguiled many before. It's a nice scene, until you realise that Thor is essentially saying, she's taken down better men than you. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Blondie. <laughs> Thanks for that. Zaji, Zajad, Zaji plot device, resurrects the Wasp. And none of the heroes care to find out how this has affected her, or how she did it, apart from Colossus. Now, this is incredibly selfish of our heroes, but this entire subplot has been so badly handled from the get-go, I don't really have that much 
interest. Zaj is a plot device. She's only here to be a love interest and then love triangle and to cure our heroes so that they're not badly hurt. She's a badly written cipher of a character with no real function other than to further the plot in convenient ways. Colossus, we can add to the list of people who've been written incredibly out of character for this entire series. But this particular subplot is portrayed as a whining, lovesick teenager with no other characterisation. I remember Colossus being an interesting character, constantly at war with himself over his powers and his place in the X-Men versus his loyalty to his home and family. I don't know who this Dawson's Creek reject is. Drivel. Dawson's Creek reject. Uh, page 207. I did love that Reed was colourblind. Was it? Yeah, but he, he just doesn't cur yeah. that Iron Man's not Tony Stark, so he's not a white man. I love that. Right, that type of Yeah, that type of colourblind. Yeah, colour colour well, like, what do you mean my costume's blue? I thought it was green. <laughs> well, because like, Iron Man actually says to him, were you surprised there was a black man under the metal? And Reed just says, oh, I knew there was a man under there. I didn't care. You're not as clever as Tony Stark. Oh, that, that, I love that. Yeah. That's the kind of thing, I, that's the kind of equality I can get totally get behind. That, look, I don't care. I don't care who's in the army. You're Iron Man. Who cares? Brilliant, that. Been alright so far. Yeah. yeah. Apart from constantly trying to smack on Captain Marvel, <laughs> she's probably getting a bit fed up here, but I'm not bothered. Uh, page 208, the Hulk finds a machine, conveniently, that fixes clothes... But he's still walking around in ripped purple pants. Yeah. Why does he not make himself a suit? He's not found that yet. Has he not? Oh, no. But Thor's got a spanky new hat hmm. and a new cloak. Genius. Um, I think we need to take a moment to just talk about Spider-Man's natty new costume. Oh, okay. Spider-Man getting a new costume was a huge deal at the time. And this is the one development from Secret Wars that still has ramifications in the Marvel Universe today. I was reading the main books when this was announced, having graduated from reading the black and white UK reprints. The UK comics deciding not to use the black and white suit, at least initially, as we mentioned in last week's show, also made it easy for me to stop reading the UK reprints at that point. The black and white costume is a really nifty design and it was revealed in short order that it was an alien symbiote and was leeching Peter Parker's life force. Peter turned to Reed Richards who caged the symbiote and Peter went back to the red and blues. The symbiote returned to bedevil Peter and Peter defeated it with noise, in this case as shown in Web of Spider-Man number one, church bells, and the black costume disappeared for a short time. However, the suit was so popular with fans and Marvel, showing the level of wishy-washy ineptitude that leads to not be able to make decisions and then when somebody does have the balls to make a decision not being able to stick to it, see also the clone saga, the black cat made Peter a cloth version of the black and white suit and he alternated for a while. When the alien symbiote returned, merged with the new host Eddie Brock and terrorised Peter's now wife, Mary Jane, Peter returned to the red and blues permanently and the symbiote, now called Venom, went on to become a regular villain for Spider-Man. After spawning the serial killer Carnage in the ultimate example of 90s excess, this Venom guy is popular, but we can't have the kids rooting for a psychopath how can we make Venom a good guy? Make somebody worse merge with the symbiote. What a brilliant idea. Venom became an anti-hero for a while in the 90s. After splitting with Brock, the symbiote is currently merged with Flash Thompson and together they work for the government taking on missions no one else will touch in the really rather good Venom series written by Rip Remainder. The black and white costume has also branched into other media interpretations of Spider-Man. It was in the 90s cartoon series, given a slightly different origin so the cartoon didn't have to do Secret Wars, and this origin was lifted almost verbatim, although the costume wasn't as striking in its design, in the movie for Spider-Man 3. There are numerous action figures of the design as well, starting, organically enough, with the Secret Wars toy line that started this all off in the first place. Oh, 
Was that comprehensive enough? Alright. Good. I was. I have watched the three-part Alien Saga episode of the Spider-Man cartoon now, okay. from the first season on the DVDs. Spider-Man 3 is practically a remake of that. There's so much in those cartoons that they lift out for the films. Okay. All the stuff about him losing his powers yeah. is all in the two-part premiere for the second season. All of that was lifted straight out for Spider-Man 2. Okay. It's like they just remade the cartoons for the movies. I wish it's in the cartoons. First of all, I could have gone, that was in the cartoons. That was in the cartoons. More than the but comics. You, you didn't mention the uh, Back in Black stuff. I'm not bothered about any of that. Uh, <laughs> it does beg the question. Yeah. Why is Thor's hat and cape not a symbiotic alien life form? Well, how come he gets what he wanted and Spider-Man got a random selection? Well, it is actually explained later on. Okay. Again, I don't know if that was intended or if Mighty Jim Shooter kind of realised, oopsie, I've made a mistake here. Captain America should have a hat that's trying to eat his head off. <laughs> but doesn't. <laughs> not Captain America, sorry. Thor. Captain America's got uh, something on him that's eating them and making them crap. Yes. What were we doing? Oh, yes, the end, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yes, we'll uh, So, with that rather comprehensive look at the black suited Spider Man, I did all that from memory. Did you? Yeah, pretty much. I didn't look up any of that. I was so proud of that. <laughs> and then I sat back for a minute and thought, that's really quite sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's it for this week. That's another four issues of The Mighty Secret Wars. Next week, we will return with our Secret Wars conclusion, where we'll be looking at... Uh, what we'll be looking at? 9, 10, 11, and 12. 12 is a double-sized issue. Michael's looking forward to that. So, uh, we hope you enjoyed it. I know we always do. Oh, yeah. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. I was goodbye. waiting for you to say goodbye. Then. Uh, now I've walked all of it. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> See you next week. Comics is a The Devil Will Make Work for Idle Hands to Do production, and all opinions expressed by Michael and Andrew in the show are the opinions of Michael and Andrew and probably not to be taken too seriously. All music and sound clips used in the show are copyright the respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. Michael and Andrew make no money for this, much to their chagrin. New episodes drop every Thursday at aplayland.podomatic.com, but you can also listen through our Facebook page, which you can friend us on by using Hey Kids as the first name and Comics as the second name. You can also listen on our website, where you can also view the covers of the comics we've covered this week. That's www.heykidscomics.webspace.virginmedia.com. If you have an opinion on our opinions, you can email us on heykidscomics at virginmedia.com. We also have a forum, www.forumforgeeks.com, where you can drop by and say hello if you're allergic to email. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Hey Kids Comics. Thank you.